my best memories of Obama was after he won that North Carolina primary and he had came back to the Senate. This is when he first ran in 08. And he saw me and he dapped me up like one of y'all would, man. <laughs> we did the whole dap and half hug. I was like, yeah. And like, you remember how Charlie Murphy said when he saw Rick James, he had the yeah. war. So yeah. when I saw him, he came around the corner. I was like, yo. <laughs> he had the war and everything. Feeling himself. <laughs> What up, what up, what up? It is Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite podcast. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. As usual, fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Well, I'm going to use my opening statement. It's actually going to require Rozzy to do some talking. I'm about to put you on the spot, Rozzy. But uh, I'm someone that I love for... uh, I hate to call it a myth, but like cliche sayings, I love for cliche sayings to be debunked. And Rosie, something that you debunked uh, a few years ago, you probably don't even remember this, man, was uh, the term power couples. And you was like, you know, there's really no such thing as a great, successful power couple couple because someone is going to have to sacrifice and suffer within it. So it looks good. But like you, you, you even use Michelle and Barack Obama and how she had to give up what she wanted to do in order to support him. So if you remember what you said on that, I just want you to put it out there to the listeners because I thought it was interesting. And it's always something that I wanted you to share with all the people that's listening or how power couples isn't really the thing to be if you want like a 50-50 loving marriage. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we started that conversation with just the stay at home parent versus the, you know, going to work and that stuff. And I was just kind of explaining that if you really want two working power people, they're never going to see each other because they're always making moves. They're always gone. You know, they're always traveling or whatever. And it's very, very difficult for them as a power couple that are doing their own things to be together. So now if they're in a, the same say field and they're moving together, um, then they may be able to make it work. But for the most part, I'm talking 99% of us, that's not going to happen. Cause uh, you know, you look at Jay-Z and Beyonce, they right. look all great together. But the thing is, Jay is out on the road a lot. He's doing his thing. Uh, Beyonce may be uh, on a tour or whatever, separate than him. Uh, and I think that they try to make it work by touring together a lot of times and stuff like that. But even with that, they're going to be a part a lot. And so when you talk about being a power couple, there's something to be said about being able to come home and just hang out on the couch with your wife or your spouse. And you can't do that when both of y'all are this super power couple. Um, so that that was my whole thing is somebody's going to have to take a, a back seat. Or, or give up some of that power if you want your relationship to last. And I think that's why a lot of the Hollywood relationships and, and, and stuff like that don't last. I think they were saying like a three-year Hollywood marriage is a good time frame. And yeah. most of them don't last past that. And it, and it really is because y'all are, y'all are becoming roommates. Y'all are becoming business partners. Um, you know, who's going to watch the kids this week? Or we got a nanny watching the kids. And so now not only are we not together a lot, but the kids don't see us a lot. And so the, as a, a full family unit, 
you guys just aren't going to, it doesn't work that way. So somebody is going to have to uh, make that sacrifice. And even, even Michelle Obama said she kind of caught a little flack for it, but she was like, she felt like a single parent mm-hmm. at times. And so just got to be careful what you put relation goals under when you see pictures of these so-called power couples. Man, I wish this would have been a question because this is a conversation <laughs> we talked about a while. It really could have been, yeah. So, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with Rozzy, Um but it's not question time. So, hey, it is what it is. I'm moving along. And I mean, you can speak on it. Yeah, speak on it, man. Speak on it. Because I think that's it depends on your definition of power couple. I mean, well, if you're looking at some of these superstars, but if you look at a successful marriage where two working parents, it works just because we can't come home and sit on the couch every day together. If that's your definition, if that's your definition of what success looks like, then that's fine because I know people that can sit on the couch all day and not talk, not communicate, not have any kind of growth, but they're at home together. Great. But there's couples I know that travel, they both make it work for them. They, they have established what they want their relationship to look like. And then they go back on the back end and make the most of their time together. So if I'm not traveling this week and you're not traveling this week, we're going to make the most of it. So we're going to put in a lot of uh, PDA and quality time and all that stuff, because I know we don't get to see each other, but also it's also to the point where your end goal, like, Hey, if we do this for five years and we're both in a situation where we're not traveling as much if, if traveling and not seeing each other is the, the downfall on it. But we're in a financial situation where, you know, you got a new position. I got a new position where I'm in a position where I don't travel. You don't travel. You work from home. There's an end goal just to say, well, we can be at home every day together. I mean, and I think, you know, so I, I, I agree with you on that, but. I think to a certain extent, you, I, and Rozzy, our relationships with our wives, we kind of have that, what you're describing, but nobody's going to call us power couples. What I mean by power couples, like me and Tabitha, we're able to travel, we're able to do things, but I can't bail out everybody that got arrested in the uh, Baltimore riots during Freddie Gray, like Jay-Z did. I can't give money to the uh, the Ferguson uh, protesters in Missouri. See that? Not only does Jay-Z have celebrity, but he has power to influence. So nobody would call us power couples. When you get to that status, I think what Rozzy and I are saying is that, yeah, that looks good, but you're going to have to sacrifice a lot as far as, like you said, parenting your kids, coming home every day to your spouse. I'd look at that as, okay. Yeah. It's a difference of a, a, you know, relationship goal, power couple, and a healthy relationship with two working parents. I, yeah. I definitely, I I think that what you were describing for is relationship goals. Exactly. That is, yeah. that definitely should be relationship goals is, oh, we, we got a five-year plan and so both of us are going to grind it out and yeah, we might not be see each other as much. We're going to make as much time for each other and so we can reach, reach this goal together. That's a big difference than you taking two of the most powerful people or the most you know, successful people in the world, putting them together and saying, now you guys go play well together. Uh, that, that doesn't happen often and, and them, and them actually succeed in it. Um, uh, I, I, I think who is it? Uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle uh, Union. Union. I think they're probably the, the most I would, or, or, or 
I would probably say that both of them are still doing their thing and still making it work. Uh, but for the most part, and remember I hate to what say he it, did. but D-Wade yeah. D- D- <laughs> D- kind of stepped back a little bit and he doesn't do as much anymore. So he might be the one that's making the sacrifice and not doing as much as Gabrielle Union. So well, I, I don't necessarily, I think they're just famous people. They're celebrities. I mean, that's that's what makes them a power couple is just their celebrity and their high profile. You know, um, but once again, that's a yeah. that's a subject I, for another yeah, day. Yeah, this, you, this really has turned into a question. That's my bad, man. <laughs> you know, that's a subject for another day. Uh, Razi, what's on your mind, man? <laughs> Nothing, man. I just want to say um, there's a there's a saying in the army that says the best laid plans don't survive first contact. Or a, a better one that you guys might know is uh, Mike Tyson. He says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, last week was a punch in the face for me. Just <laughs> throw it out there. Um, I, I had to total out my car. Um, I had some renter issues and all this stuff. And so um, I had to get in the roof on the house because of wind damage. Um, oh. They cut they cut my internet. They cut my um, my uh, cable. So then I had to call them out. So last week has just been a crazy week for me. I uh, ended up getting a new car. That's a, a silver lining, but the thing about it, man, is uh, you just adjust to your plan and keep moving forward. And I think that's what I want to just let everybody know, man, is have a plan. And when things come up, it's it's so much easier to get back on your plan and say, how do I get back to my, my roadmap and my plan than to not have a plan? And then when everything starts coming up, not knowing where to go. So, folks, have a plan. Think about it. First, talk about that five year plan for the family. Uh, a, a short-term plan, long-term plan, retirement goals, everything. Have a plan, folks, so that when things go crazy, you can get back on track and uh, bring it back home. Um, one other thing that I wanted to throw out there, uh, we've started, uh, we're starting to get some voicemails coming in, so don't forget, go to our website, uh, click message us, and leave, drop some voicemails so we can actually uh, put you guys into the, uh, the show. We love to incorporate all the feedback. We love to co- incorporate any questions that you guys have. So keep those coming. We're uh, going to push, pull, pull through them and uh, and actually pull them into the show uh, come the new year. Well, mine is on a little lighter note. Um, for you that do not know, I do not watch NFL football. I haven't watched it in, what, three, four seasons now? Since Kaepernick. So, yeah, probably yeah. three. But with saying that, I have to. I still watch Sports Center. I still watch um, things like that. ESPN. Did you guys see my boy B Smoke pull up to the stadium <laughs> in that truck full of skips? <laughs> yes. Dog. When I saw that, for a split second, I almost became a Seattle fan <laughs> just for the rest of the season. I'm like, this dude is a fool. For you all that do not know, Marshawn Lynch retired retired what two years ago or a year ago? I want to say retired, two years ago. He came back and then he retired again, and now he's back again. So yeah, but he hasn't played for Seattle since 2015, and he came back for the end of the season, the playoffs potentially, and he pulled up and he was he was known uh, for his craving. For Skittles. He had an affinity for Skittles. He said that's what got him going. So fans used to send him Skittles. He would be eating Skittles on the sideline. I think he was even in a Skittles commercial. And he just, Skittles just got the ultimate free pub. 
Dude literally pulled up in a, a car or an SUV full of Skittles. And when he opened the door, he made he made it rain. It just it, you could taste the rainbow. So it had me crack it up, man. So my hats off hats off to uh Marshawn Lynch for getting back home. Beast mode, he's a hell of a player. I actually like him because he doesn't necessarily play by their rules, but he knows how to play the game. So he does just enough um, to not get fined, in his words. <laughs> but uh, that's that's my dude. So, you know, I wanted to do that. And since I just pubbed Skittles and they got free publicity for uh, from Marshawn Lynch, let's go ahead and pay some bills right now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, Three Brothers No Sense. This is the last episode of 2019. So the last episode of the year, and better yet, the last episode of the decade. So, fellas, it's been a full decade, 2010 to the end of 2019. and less than a week, we'll be starting 2020. Big year. Uh, I'll be turning 40. A lot of our friends and family will be turning 40, and you guys will be turning 40 this upcoming decade as well. But before you go forward, you always got to look back. So the 2010s, I turned 30. And, you know, the beginning, well, the end of 2010. And so this decade for me has been full of ups and downs, a lot of growth. So my question, I'm pretty sure you guys have been thinking about this, is reflecting on the last decade. And first, what would you what grade would you give this decade for you? Letter grade, number grade, however you want to put it. How would you recap 20 the 2010s? What were the three biggest accomplishments? Three biggest things just happened this decade for you. You know, um, anybody want to take that one? Yeah, I, I'll go first. I'll jump in. So, 2010 has been awesome. I'll give it an A plus, man. For me, I did a lot of different things. I mean, I started the year or the decade in Iraq. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the first thing I got to talk about is helping the Iraqi people because. I wasn't there just on some bang, bang, shoot them, kill them type thing. I was a civil affairs officer. My job literally was to try to work with the Department of State and help rebuild that government and give these people a stable place while shaping the battlefield for my maneuver elements, right? So keeping people safe. So I use money as a weapon system, basically. I would I would throw cash, and you guys know that's hard for me, uh, as cheap as I am, to throw cash around. But I use money to protect our people, whether it was building a school, whether it was putting in a sewage system. We helped uh, the bee farming industry uh, or beekeeping industry uh, get stood back up there. And uh, on top of that, uh, I was able to help their banking system 
get stood back up. Their private banking system, they they have like a government-run banking system there. Nobody trusted it and everything like that. And so bringing my banking experience in, uh, I was able to help them do kind of a banking association. They created the Bankers Association so that people would actually start to trust their banking system again. So I helped do a lot of uh, stuff there. And that was in like the first six months of of the decade in 2010. So while all that's happening, Jenica's holding me down, just Skyping me, talking to me. And so my other big accomplishment is my marriage. I I think uh, getting back, I talked a little bit about how trying to reintegrate back from just constantly thinking about what's going on around me to being able to just chill out. And Jenica brought that, brought me back and let me be successful in with whatever I was dealing with from that. So coming back, I had to try to reintegrate. I got back into banking, doing financial sales and stuff like that. And dealing with the PTSD, I couldn't do my job anymore. Truthfully, I wasn't very good at interacting on an individual basis with a person and and doing sales, right? Because you have to actually listen to a person and, and kind of figure out what they need and what they want and everything. And I couldn't do that because I was hypervigilant. And so while that person's talking, I'm looking behind them. I'm looking at the exits. I'm looking everywhere else but this person and paying attention to them. So I couldn't actually sell very well anymore. Um, I couldn't go out on external sales calls. I couldn't comfortably walk into a business and not know what was behind the door and not know the layout and not have recon that place before I walked in. Uh, and so all of that made me change my career. And so my third thing that happened outside of my family, and I would throw my kids in there with that Jenica part, uh, so the decade was great for that uh, with Haley going to college with, you know, Sophia Oliver coming. So I got all of that. And then um, I did an, a complete industry change on my job. So I went from external sales, selling investments, doing financial planning, uh, managing a, a bank and, and a branch. And I moved into um, HR as employee relations and then into project management at four our HR systems and HR um, improvements. So totally different industry change. But one thing, my company, I love my company. That's why I've been with them so long. They saw what was happening and, and I was talking with my HR rep. And so they were like, okay, let's try something different. And they moved me into our HR department and played to the strengths that I still had um, or that, that was I was still comfortable with. And so now, you know, been through all my counseling and everything, talked to folks, semi back to normal but at the same time i'm in a job that i love with a company that i love with a family that i love um so it's been a good year man i mean i can't complain at all man that sounds (laughs) that definitely is an a plus man so congrats on everything with that man uh for me for i'm i think i'm gonna go with a b minus and uh i'll start with the good first though so i was uh 29 when the decade started but uh, at the beginning of 2011, I turned 30, 30 years old, man. And I had my 30th birthday in Miami. I think we mentioned this on a previous show. But like Razio was there, his sister, uh, my cousin. We had like a good nine people show up. And that was a big deal for me to, to get people to come from like literally, I want to say three different states to come party with me in Miami. And like, this is like 10 years ago. So 
you know, our financial status, what it is today, wasn't what it was 10 years ago. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to get people to come down there, we did the whole bottle service thing, man. Went to a heat game. That was, this was when the big three was in Miami. So that was a big yep. deal. Uh, went to King of Diamonds, all that stuff, man. So it's a memory that I hold near and dear, man. Because- What's King of Diamonds? Uh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's an establishment where young ladies go and uh, they make an honest living. Uh, to feed their families and probably pursue uh, college education. Pay for college. You you can go listen to some good music or whatnot and, and, you know, just socialize with good people. Stimulate the the economy. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. Um, Our house, man. So I didn't get my first house this decade. We got our first house back in 2006, but it was like a two-level condo 900 some square feet, man. And so the house we're in now, I mentioned this because I just remember as a kid, you know, when we were riding good neighborhoods and stuff, you know, as a kid, I was like, yo, I know I'll never be able to afford to live in a house like that. But if I can just get me a nice apartment and, and make a nice living, I'll be happy. Like that was the goal. That was the realistic goal I saw for myself when I was like a kid and even a teenager, man, I was like, just a nice apartment is all I want because I know I'll never be able to achieve that. And we actually achieved it, man. And it was like a, a big deal for us to uh, be able to get this house that we had. Also, Berg and Rosie have mentioned another podcast that I do, Politically Entertaining, with Frank Turner. And, and I'm proud of that podcast. But just the people we've been able to talk to, like we're just this small little podcast, just Frank and I. And we've talked to a U.S. senator We've talked to uh, Tim Wise, who's like a uh, a very a prominent civil rights activist. He's a white guy, but if you ever seen any of his work, he's done a lot of good things. I mentioned the Ferguson protesters. One of the popular people that came out of that was D. Ray, the the skinny black guy with the blue vest. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy this guy's been on Stephen Colbert's show. He came on our little podcast, and Claiborne Carson, who's wrote who's written like uh, Martin Luther King bio, uh, biographies and stuff like that and was a part of a lot of civil rights activists. He's a professor at Stanford University. So people like that, man, it's like, it's been overwhelming to be able to talk to people like that on our little podcast. Uh, So I gave myself a B minus though, because despite all that good stuff, there's two areas that I do want to get better in. I procrastinate on a lot of things. Um, There are some ideas that I've had in my mind for like, I would say years. But I'll start on them and then don't finish or follow up on it or start doubting myself and say, ah, man, that ain't going to work. That's not going to be successful. And and just nobody's going to like this idea. It's stupid. And I leave it alone, man. So I need to do better on that. And I need to be more consistent with my health as far as uh, eating habits and and working out. Like I do the working out part, but man, do I love key lime pie and brownies. So I got to <laughs> I got to do better at resisting that, man, and just be more consistent with my health. I want to be a very healthy granddad, you know, when my when my daughter has kids, man, and, and really be around and see things. So, well, uh, and oh, one, one other thing for one other great thing that happened. I didn't have anything to do with this, but the three of us can all agree on this. Sherman Cooley came home this decade, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like, yeah. Berg, Rosie, we visited that dude when he was in Leavenworth. Uh, I went to see him when he was in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, Florida. Ocala, and yep. 
we always talked about, man, we can't wait till you come home. Like we always talked about it, but it was still hard to imagine it happening. And and it actually happened last year, man. That dude was home. And in a year already, he's putting out, he's put out books. He has a new job. He got his first client as far as a, a physical trainer. That dude is doing his thing, man. And so I'm just very proud of that brother. It was good to see him during the live episode and something I was very, very happy to see. You know, it, it uh, sounds like a a, 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 at least a, a, a minus, if not an A. You um, bump it up to an A minus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're, you're like me. I'm very tough on myself. And so, I mean, that, that's a decade that most people out there would love to have had. So congratulations. If you say that's a B, you gave yourself a B plus, we'll let you stick with your grade. I would love and can't wait to see what a, the the next decade of A brings for you. You know, I would love to see what an A looks like in Byron's book. So, but I'm pretty sure uh, before long, we will talk about goals and stuff for the upcoming decade. But I'm kind of in the middle. I give myself an A. And uh, my three points, I think one I'll start with, I feel like, I broke through, I had a breakthrough and I'm breaking a cycle. I started breaking the beginnings of breaking a cycle um, starting 2010. So I'll go back to 2010, kind of hitting off of what Byron said about turning 30 and stuff like that. So I moved to Houston, September 20, 2009. And my wife moved up here in 2010. And we had, I had started my own business, stuff like that. And 2010, beginning 2009, all of 2010, and the beginning of 2011 were tough for me. Financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I was I was I was gone. So I go back to December 12th, 2010, my birthday. I couldn't even afford to go out and have a drink. You said you were in Miami for your 30th birthday. My 30th birthday, I went to a bar with my wife and two of my homeboys who pretty much footed the bill because I didn't have any money. 2010 is, uh, I had a 476 credit score when I tried to get an apartment. So it was, it was that I was, I had done some, had some accomplishments, you know, stay out of trouble, was in the military, got my college degree, stuff like that. So I was poised for success, but I was poised for success on paper. And I was beginning to see myself in a rut that I had seen so many people like me, especially from my hometown and my family get in, get into. And my 30th birthday, so December 13th, is when I made a pact with myself and saying I had a five-year plan of things I needed to accomplish because I'm too good for this. Like, I'm better than this. And some of those things were, you know, getting some financial stability, getting a job I can be proud of, marrying the woman I'm with, starting a family, buying a house, and just being more of a a positive influence to others. So fast forward to 2015. By that time, my 35th birthday, I, uh, I had accomplished all that. I also take my mother on her first real vacation out of the country. And that was a cruise that we did in 2016. But I paid for it and everything for my birth for Christmas for in 2015. But I say all that because I really look back 10 years ago and didn't know what my next steps were. I was 
one step away from sending my wife back to Florida until I got my life together. Uh, she refused to leave. She pretty much told me that we were together and we were going to see it through. So I think I just had a breakthrough and I was breaking a cycle of just so many people I had seen have opportunities or potentially had the success in front of them that just didn't follow through with it. And since then, my life has done a complete 180. You know, uh, like I said, all those things I, I set out to do by 35, I accomplished. I had a similar list for 35 to 40. Still have a couple of things on that, that list that I, I need to knock off. But it was, for me, those were lofty goals. And now it's a part of my legacy for that, that those first five years of the decade. And the second part would be my family. So I'm coming from somebody who was anti-marriage, thought I would never have kids just because I've seen um, how marriage or how divorce or how not being, being an absent father or all that stuff impacts kids. And I was, I didn't want that responsibility. I don't want to be part of that that therapy or that that disappointment that some kid might grow up with and be 30, 40 years old still dealing with the hurt and pain that dad or whatever created. So I was anti-family, anti-kids. Uh, I was lucky enough that at the end of 20, 2008, 2009, uh, God sent me my wife. And so for me to get married was huge. So in 2012, uh, I proposed and married the, the, the woman of my dreams and began to start a family. And in 2015, we had my daughter. In 2019, I had my son. And so this this decade is where I started and completed my family. So because we're done. Ain't no more kids coming. <laughs> we, we, we done with that. You know, we talked about this in an early episode. I get married once. If it don't work, it ain't happening again. So. I've started and created my family and my wife and I were talking today and you know, we've been together 11 years. It doesn't feel like 11 years. I still look at her. I'm still amazed by her. I still love her. Uh, still there's an infatuation still head over heels with, with about her. Now she does annoy me. Don't get it twisted. And I did mention that to her as well, but you know, my kids, I have two great loving kids. I think I'm a pretty good father. I try to be, present. I'm still working on it. I try to be a president and active and loving husband, but I'm trying to break, going back to my original, break that cycle where I didn't see a lot of, I want to be the parent or the spouse that I wanted to see growing up. You know, I want my kids to, and my wife to be able to say that my husband was this, my father was that. And which brings me to the third part is I, I, I began I think I've begun to create my legacy. So in the last, call it 10 years, like I said, I moved to Houston and I've had family and friends come to me that I didn't even know were watching me or paying me attention and giving me their uh, opinion or how much I've impacted their lives. Or, you know, I've had some of the women in my family, like I had given up on men. I thought men were trash until I I really saw you and your family, how you treat your wife. You know, I have some of my younger frat brothers and other people that really look up to me and the way I treat my wife, my family, and the things I do in the community and, you know, how I put myself in a financial situation that's just going upward. And so it's just 
to be somebody who was ashamed 10 years ago to be somebody that's people are actually coming out of the woodwork saying that I look up to you and inspiration is huge. You know, what are you going to be known for when you're not here? You know, and that's, I mean, that's big. Like I've had my siblings and people come up to me, like you're my role model. I'm like, are you sure you're talking about, we're talking about me. And they go back and tell me that, you know, I've watched you this, I've seen you come from this and I see you flex with Michelle Obama behind me. Hey baby. Byron has a, uh, <laughs> uh, is well, that the book? That's the book, man. Uh, yeah. I, I'll tell you why I did that after the show. But uh, but that's huge for me. You know, like, and Rosie was there, I guess uh, that, that beginning of the millennium, excuse me, millennium, the beginning of the decade was tough for both of us. You know, he was going through his PTSD, PTSD thing. I was actually suffering in my own way. Like I pretty much just gave up on the military at that, around that same time. I just, I just pretty much went MIA. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I ran from a lot of things. I just picked up, packed up, ran from, uh, Florida, ran from a lot of responsibility, ran from a lot of things that were going on, trying to find myself and get away and figure something new out. And to fast forward to say people like, man, I, I really admire what you're doing. Even I was, I was home for Thanksgiving, just having so many of my family come up to me, just saying they what they admire. And for me to be someone who doesn't really accept compliments well, it meant a lot, you know, to see that people are looking at you like that. So I think 20 the 2010s was really good for me. And I'm excited about turning 40 and what the next 10 years of life has in store. I think that's it. I mean, uh, that was my three. Anything we're missing on those fellas? Anything you want to recap on? I just enjoy hearing both of you guys and and what all you went through, man. It was. I mean, thanks for sharing, man. That was that was kind of that was great to hear, man. Just to see what you guys overcame, and like for, I didn't know every detail of what you were going through, but I do remember knowing you were having a a, a tough time early on, and just to see where you are now. I mean. Yeah, that's reason I wasn't at your birthday. You, you know, I you, have, you travel every other month now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I can't make it your birthday. You're telling me about it like, man, I missed a lot in that the end of that decade, beginning of the new decade is like, man, I couldn't I couldn't do anything, you know, so. So with uh, keeping in, in this end of the year theme. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to tell us about Michelle, though. Oh, well, so here, here, okay, now that you put me on the spot, um, with, with, uh, with, with first question, as uh, Razio and he were answering, I thought of some more stuff I could have mentioned, but I don't want to fit it in the show. So I'm going to make a video and post it on Three Brothers page, uh, kind of like a, uh, you know how Bill Maher does the, the uh, real-time overtime yeah. uh-huh. after the show? So it'll be like our version of overtime. And uh, I just wanted something in the background and- this room is fairly empty, except for this book. So I just propped it up. <laughs> people, people can have some, so no significance whatsoever. Just <laughs> I know you like had a first dance. I thought you were like, oh yeah. By the way, I had a dance with Michelle or something like that. And no, no, just no. I just wanted a book so my room would look empty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, see, see, that's what happens yeah. when you put me on the He met them way earlier though, because I remember oh, yeah. you got me the um, you got me that yeah. signed book. Uh, oh, yeah. The Audacity of Hope uh, from Barack. 
So yeah, yeah we cool enough cool. to call him Barack now, not that just uh, cool. President Obama. Man, that was my, one of my best memories of Obama was after he won that North Carolina primary, and he had came back to the Senate. This is when he first ran in 08. And he saw me, and he dapped me up like one of y'all would, man. <laughs> we did the whole dap and half hug. I was like, yeah. And like, you remember how Charlie Murphy said when he saw Rick James, he had the yeah. aura. So yeah. when I saw him, he came around the corner. I was like, yo. <laughs> he had the aura and everything. Feeling himself. <laughs> hey, man. man. So, all right. So, like I said, keeping in the end of the year theme, uh, one of the things that has exploded during this decade was social media. I know it started before 2010, but it really took off, you know, during this decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the things you see a lot uh, at the end of every year is, you know, please leave such and such in the previous year. And so I want to talk about what I would like to see left, not only in two, 2019, but in this whole decade. And that is what I like to call the hurt Olympics between men and women, specifically black men and black women. I mean, yeah, black, black men and black women, but I guess men and women in general. And the reason I say that is because someone can make a post about how women have it bad and immediately men jump in there. Well, what about when y'all say there are no good black men and how we ain't this and how we ain't that we are absentee fathers and all that. A black man can post something and the women jump in. And it's like, it's almost like a contest to see who's been hurt the most out of black men and black women. That's something I would like to see left this decade. And I wanted to ask you guys, how can we move beyond that? Because to me, we never can get to any solutions if all we're doing is saying, hey, I'm not going to acknowledge your pain. I want you to recognize the pain I've been through and disregard yours. How can we get past that and start looking at how we can do better by our black women and how black women can start doing better by us? How can we move beyond that, man? Uh, oh, that's a great question. And I, I think about that a lot. I think it's, it's, it's a multi-pronged attack starting with, and I think we mentioned this in other, a show a few, few months ago when we are talking about interracial dating is not not writing each other's stories off like being able to empathize and recognize the things that have caused the black woman to have been hurt or to continuously go out and hurt black men like hey that's part of your story i i have to recognize and accept your story and vice versa on the male part like we'll never get past it if we just don't recognize like you know what you're right you've been hurt So have I, but we're talking about you right now. You've been hurt. And sometimes even when I bring up my hurt, that's because I'm empathizing with you. And it's not a pissing contest, but it's empathizing with you. And some of it's cyclical, realizing that I hurt you because you hurt me. You're hurting me because I hurt you. And just understanding like, okay, it's not always separate. A lot of this stuff is works hand in hand. And we have to acknowledge like, you know what? I'm just as screwed up as you are. And then I think the next part is once you acknowledge it, be willing to work on it and have open dialogue. Like when we, you know, a lot of our listeners are women and we'll say certain things, you know, we have to be careful 
because as black men, we're not allowed to, for the most part, sometimes it's taboo to have opinions. Yeah. And saying, hey, my opinion is my my reality, my my way I look at this situation. You can acknowledge it or not acknowledge it, but allow me to have an opinion and then create open dialogue on it. Like it's not always an attack. Like when, when what men should never have an opinion on how a woman does this or should dress or do, why can't I have an opinion on it? You know, why can't we talk about it? Help me understand. My opinion might be misguided because I've never in almost 40 years been able to talk to a woman and to understand your perspective of said, said opinion, said theory, whatever the case may be. And if we have, we don't always have to get offended. Same thing for women, you know, like they can't come up to men and say this, this, and this because we automatically get offended and we can't have true dialogue. Like the Me Too movement, I've mentioned this before. I think the, the biggest part is because nobody wants to, there has to be a victim, victim and there has to be a villain. And if we stop looking at each other as victims and villains, rather rather than, or instead of victims and villains, we're looking at each other more as like, I guess, players in the same game. Like, like what's my part in this? What's your part in this? How do we create a solution? Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's just real dialogue, man. And just acknowledging that we're, like I said, we're all, we're hurt. You know, there was a post other, I think earlier today or yesterday where we're saying, you know, I think it was, you know, things we don't want to, like you said, leave leaving 2019 is black men bashing black women. And then somebody posted later, like, Hey, I've never heard a white woman say all white, you know, white men are bad or all white men are bad. Yeah. And it became like, and I actually wasn't that bad. It didn't really become a pissing contest. But I think both points had validity. And just acknowledging that, like, hey, you know, what's my part in this? What's your part in this? And I think the end is just like, we both have to admit we're at fault. Yeah. I, I think the big part about it, like you were saying, is the all, not, you never heard a white woman say all white men. We have to stop making these blanket statements about yeah. all men, all women, and everything. Talk about the dude that hurt you. Talk about, <laughs> talk about you know, <laughs> that dude ain't like you know it ain't all black men ain't uh, and and that false narrative really is what we got to get out of. But um, but also this, Rosie, it might not be he's about not about it's y'all want a good fit. Like it's yeah. sometimes and somebody I saw one post where we was talking about the same thing about the the women and it was like, well, white women get married five times. Well, they're they're willing to go out and find love again, try again. Like it's, I screw you over now. All all brothers ain't mm-hmm. like. Okay, maybe Tavares was a bad boyfriend, but what part did you play into his relationship? You know, like admitting that we're both part of the same story and not that all now sometimes there's just dudes or chicks out there that are just grimy like uh what's her name ghetto queen uh, <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna mention that post in my answer too <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know continue continue my brother i'm sorry no but I, I mean i think that that is the first step that we have to identify is stop making those blanket statements and actually yeah. talk about the individual uh, and then talk about how it hurts you. And we need to make sure that we are being 
you know, affirmative and helping each other and, and saying, I know you were hurt. I can help you. And like you talked about the empathy piece of it, I am bringing my experiences in not to counteract or, or undermine your uh, story, but to support it and prop it up and say, hey, I was hurt too, that same kind of way. Uh, and so stop making it a male, female, and it is a hurt somebody hurt us. Whether it was a male hurt a female or a female hurt a male, it's, hey, somebody hurt us. And here's why they hurt us or how they hurt us and how we got over it and start uh, helping each other out, get through the hurt and the pain. Uh, instead of saying, like Byron said, it's the pissing contest. It's the it's the Olympics of, you know, I was hurt more. So all women are bad because they hurt more men and all men are bad because more men hurt women and and, and get out of that. And finally, I think the, the biggest thing we need to do is everybody in high school needs to go through debate class and learn how to, to debate. Because that's the biggest issue is that they can't have a whole conversation about different, differing opinions or different views without undermining each other and knocking each other down instead of just having a actual educated debate and say, we have different views and that's okay. Let's discuss them, you know, and, and actually be able to talk through them. So we need to learn how to debate, learn how to talk uh, to each other. And I think we can kind of start getting through it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, man, that's a great idea. I think debate and counseling, I think mm-hmm. we, we definitely need counseling because I see one thing, Cause I talked to one of my homeboys the other day who's unfortunately going through a divorce. And when he said his side of the story, he presented his side of the story. Like it was a fact, like it was just, you know, and but well, she didn't do this. And when I asked her this, she said, this is and this. And I told her, you know, like, this is what you do. And it's like, that's just your opinion of how she handles situation. When you tell me that I don't care about you, how can you tell me how I feel or black men don't care about women or they don't respect. It's like, you know what? From my relationships, I feel like black men don't respect us. That is a valid opinion. But when you say black men don't respect women and you say this as a fact and you don't see any alternative or vice versa, we can't get past it. So learning how to debate and defend your your situation is, I think, huge in understanding there's different points of view. And uh, the end goal, I think also learning how to to cope and do problem solving like I don't necessarily have to be right or all the way right. There's there's middle ground to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there, 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 usually the truth is somewhere in the middle and, yep. and the middle ground. So, you know, you have your opinion, my opinion, and then the truth is probably in the middle somewhere. And that's how it is with most of this stuff. As usual, you guys pretty much nailed it to where I don't have to say much. Uh, I think a lot of it comes, man, from I think it it, it definitely can be hard to acknowledge someone else's pain when you're dealing with your own. And so I think for some of those people, when they see posts like that, it's like, hold up, what about me and the hurt I've been through? But I mainly ask this question because on social media, man, I rarely, if at any time, have I seen a post like that where, you know, someone is pointing out the faults of black men and a, and a, and a, a black man doesn't get on there and say, well, well, what about when you guys do this? And vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. it's never like, OK, you know what? You're right. And, and start telling women why some men perhaps do these things. And and maybe even tell women, hey, listen, if you've been hurt, these are the signs you need to look for at the beginning of a relationship to where you can get yourself out of it before a lot more pain. Because I know something that's big in our hometown of Mobile, Alabama, 
It's domestic violence and men not being able to deal with their feelings and it explodes into hitting. And in some tragic cases like that post we posted a, a couple of months ago with the two young ladies murdered. So we just got to start talking to one another. Ferg mentioned counseling. We definitely both sides need that. We definitely need that. Um, but and, and some Razio said with the whole debate thing, I think if we if we go with the counseling and if we actually start listening, listening to one another, not trying to top them or one up them on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we do that. But y'all do this also. Like if we just start listening and trying to get to a solution, I think we can do better, man. But it's definitely something I want to see left in this past decade because. I care about our black women. I care about our brothers and I want as many of us to succeed as possible. But when it comes to like relationships, I don't see how we can, if we're never trying to find solutions and we're just spending the whole time arguing over who's hurt the most. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that topic out there, man, and and hopefully it reaches some folks. And in the future going forward, when we see those type of posts, because Ferg, I can't remember specifically what your answer was, but we're both a part of some group on Facebook and somebody posted some. And I thought you had a fantastic answer and the young lady was not trying to hear it at all. But um, (laughs) he's like uh, uh, one of our listeners has called him this, too. He's like a Buddha, Rizzi, when it comes to debate on social media, like Mm -hmm. Ferg rarely gets rattled. (laughs) He like keeps his calm and just responds to people, man. So. I, I just would like to see more of that, man. It's just more healthy debate on trying to find solutions and not just saying who's been hurt the most. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I think a lot of people just like to hear themselves talk. So, yeah, yeah. That, you know, they're, they're just talking. It, it really they're not looking for a solution. They're not looking for something to get past it. They just want to talk. They want to post and, and troll and stuff like that, too. So well, well, who can make the comment that gets the most likes and all uh-huh. that. Kind of- well, maybe, maybe part of it is leaving a lot of that stuff off social media. You know, when you get your, your love advice and your emotional support from social media, and you're seeking support from people who look like you or think like you. I mean, even one of our people said we have a very limited view because we're all black married men. And it's kind of like blanket statement. So all black married men think alike similar to all, I guess, all single black women think alike. So, you know. When that, when that person said that, too, I immediately thought about how often we say, Rising, I disagree with that. I'm afraid, I, don't agree. I was like, really? Yeah. You're not yeah. listening to us. Like. But I think that's it. We got to listen and stop grouping each other together. And sometimes when we do agree on things, maybe there's some validity there. Right. I, that's why I love calling certain people. Like people call me on my BS. Like when it comes to me and you know, I'll call like Roger, you guys about man, my wife did this, or my wife did this, or she said this, or I and like, you know, you're wrong. Like being able to check each other, like you know, you're wrong. You know, like debate is healthy, but sometimes, you know, people being able to agree might hold some real weight. So I think we try to challenge the norm. I don't think we just go with the flow and think like the world expects middle-aged black men to think. I wanted to say young or old, but I ain't know what we were now. I guess middle-aged. You, know you just called us middle-aged, right? Oh, but I think oh. that's we are. We are middle-aged, bro. I know we are, but oh, that feels you know, so bad. It is what it is, but you know, that was a great question, Buff, man. Appreciate it.
Yeah, I, I, it's so, so funny. When you started it, I, I immediately picked up my phone and started looking for another question because I thought you were going to take my question. But <laughs> gladly, you did it. Um, right. So we'll just jump into mine. I don't know if you guys have seen, I'm, well, I'm sure you have seen the picture of the chick with the bag stepping out of one year into the other one oh, and yeah, everything. That was, that was big like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it happens every year. You'll start seeing it probably, um, okay. you know, Monday, Tuesday. It'll probably start dropping for everybody to talk about what they're bringing into the new year and, and leaving. But what I did want to talk about is what we feel like we need to leave in the decade and everything. Byron, you already talked about the whole, you know, um, gender Olympics. But outside of that, what are some of the things that you guys feel like we need to leave in 2019 uh, and into the 20s? 2010s decade. Uh, okay. Fur, you want to take it first? <laughs> I think our unrealistic expectations that are based off of things like social media and reality TV. I think in the last 10 years, everybody has become a superstar. Like we have followers, we have, we have, we we're, we we're built off of likes and all that stuff. And getting back to just being genuine people, setting your own, own goals. And, you know, I don't know, man, I have a, I have a problem. And I'm studying just social media and reality TV, but it's just like, you know, guys want to be, everybody wants to be a rapper or look like a rapper or live like a rapper or, you know, all that stuff. And it, we've been dealing with that for a while, but I think social media and reality TV has just taken it to another level. I want to say I would love to see how the exponential growth in things like reality shows in social media accounts over the last 10 years. Because I don't think, I'm pretty sure all our parents have social media accounts that probably didn't happen 10 years ago. You know, you, you know, you sound in real middle ages, though. First, no, you know, so, so not that, even that. Like it's, everybody it's, wants to look like a rap. We all wanted to look like rappers too. Don't think we weren't going and getting double XL and saying, "Oh, I got to go get that Averex jacket." Oh, I need those starter jackets. I mean, we we did the same thing. It's just I, now they can see it on social media versus you know going and, and having to wait for the um, the magazine to drop. But I think social media has created it to be taken to another level because you have to post it. You have to do all these things. Just think about um, how many, it isn't even just that, how many uh, Christmas photos you saw in the final, final pajamas this year, <laughs> like how quick things become viral and everybody has to fit in that just like, man, every day, every industry. we'll blame the fashion industry on that one. Once they it's, said it, that's what everybody gets. It's, but it's social media that made it viral. Like, would you have, would people have done that if they didn't have to take a picture? Like, if there was no need to take a picture and post it on social media to show we are that that family that's up on fashion and pop culture, because you mentioned pop culture uh, at least once a month, would, would the people still go out and do that? If they weren't going to put it on Facebook, on the gram, any of that stuff, would people still do those things? I don't know. I know I woke up and put on my fit on Christmas to stand around the uh, living room half the day. I don't know if y'all did that or not, but we did that. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not. Like, the thing about it is, I don't have problem with people, you know, the family pajamas, family moments, traditions, you know, like we said, but when people do it just 
just for social media or they're doing things for likes, I think we're losing how genuine we are as people. You know, um, I don't know. I'm just being devil's advocate. Don't, don't worry. It is what you know, it is. We, we got to have different opinions so we don't uh, all be, you know, oh, married black. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I saw some funny ones. Uh, the homie Montrez Slater, I think he posted uh, ladies leave those big eye, uh, eyelashes. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because they were, they, no, they, no, they were, I, I they were women. I wanted, to, I wanted to say that, man. I feel like every week they get bigger, man. Are you talking about lashes or eyebrows? Both. I think he said both. He said both, but it's the eyelashes, man. Some of them get like ridiculously huge, man. And they wear them them from no, like, I understand people are going out. It's still a little ridiculous for people going out, but just to walk around the house. Yeah. Uh Haley does it, and I, I mess with her all the time about it. She puts her lashes on, and I'm like, Oh God, I hate those things. So, <laughs> Haley, if you're listening, I'm sorry, baby, I called you out. But yeah, at least you don't have the big, thick eye, uh, eyebrows, though, like those big square ones, the big blocks. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it comes for you, dog. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm gonna join you, so you can come for me. I, I will say, and I'll get to my real answer, but. Uh, it just would be nice to see every once in a while, ladies, when you post your Facebook live or your video, you know, one of y'all out of the hundreds that do it cannot be like stroking your weave and lip syncing whatever <laughs> song playing in the background. Like every once in a while, do something different. Stand out. But every listen, I, I don't even watch them anymore because every Facebook live video, y'all are stroking your weave, holding the phone up. And, and singing whatever lyrics are going in the background. Or maybe smoking hookah. Sometimes y'all smoking hookah. But that's <laughs> that's just a little playful jab. Don't take it seriously, ladies. Do what you want to do. I know Byron ain't here. Byron can't tell me what to do. I know. I get but it. But leave it in 29. <laughs> <laughs> My real answer is, it seems like every year, um, towards it seems like as soon as December 1st hit, people are complaining about having toxic people in their lives and how they cutting off all these fake friends. So apparently there's a there's a plethora of fake people out there, and there's a plethora of people who are friends with them, and for whatever reason, December 1st, they finally realize it, and they need 31 days to, to cut them off, because come January 1st, they're cut off. So I would just say, uh, just to expand on my previous question, start realizing who's bad for you a lot sooner, but also start self-reflecting. That's what I would say. Start self-reflecting because if you're that person that every year is posting how you cutting off people, are you letting too many new people in your circle every year? Or are these people that's been your friends for like 10 and 20 years and all of a sudden they turned on you? Like, I'm not getting it, but sometimes it could be you. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, like self-reflect sometimes. Maybe it's not you, but sometimes it can be you. Maybe it's your behavior that's making people act a certain way towards you. And maybe if you could change up, you may have a better outcome come the end of 2020. So you're not letting us all know how you cutting off fake people because Ferg, I've been friends with him since sixth grade. Razio, I didn't like him at first, but he became my friend eventually like in 11th grade. So, and I've never had to cut them off. Like I have, Wendell has been my friend since kindergarten. I've never had to cut him off. I can't, I can't even recall a time where I've had to cut off 
five or six people at the end of the year. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying that is normal behavior. There aren't that many people that are cutting off a bunch of people at the end yeah. of the year. So it could be you. And the thing about it is, if, if you have to cut somebody off, there's a bigger issue of you not being able to outgrow and just move on beyond people outside of this yeah. abrupt cutting off. Because I, we talk about outgrowing people. We talked about, you know, yeah, people, you're going to kind of grow distant. Um, This whole, I got to cut you off. Ferg, one time when I had just crossed, one of the first things you told me, you was like, don't announce the haul last, just haul last. Just haul last. <laughs> like, why, why do you have to announce that I'm cutting you off and make a big deal out of it? Just cut them off. Stop talking to them. You can stop texting them. You don't have to put it on Facebook and tell them, hey, you got 20 days. And if, if you make it after the 20 days, you're the few that actually stayed. Like, we don't need all that. The theatrics. Can That's go back to my, social, like my need for social media and relevancy. I just yeah. want peace and drama free in 2020. So you waited to 2020 to want peace and drama free? Like, so no, you were good with drama all last year. Now no, you want peace? No, you were good. You were good November 15th. Now December yeah. 1st, you want to reflect. But to your point, Byron, it might not be them, but they might be part of it. It might not be all you, but it might be you. You might be a big part of it. Yeah. I see that every year. Yeah, stop living your life like you're in um, the Real Housewives or, you know, love and hip hop. Like, stop trying to live your life like that. First feels validated. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I remember back in the day, we just, we just, we just didn't rock with nobody no more. Like, dog, you talk to the, I don't rock with him no more. You know, like, it's just just that simple. Like, you you man, you, when the last time you talked, I don't do him. Like, or I don't do it. Like, it's just that easy. Mm-hmm. And we might even like, you know what, Byron? I don't mess with you. Like, we might even have it out, but we had it out and it's over. It's not, you know, for those that need to, for those that need to hear it, uh, when you look up on 21st, uh, January 1st and you're not my friend, you know why. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, I need to go through, like, oh, I got three. Oh, man, I lost Buck. Dang. Like, it's, it, it's that validation. Like, it's that. It's once again, it's like the reunion show on these reality shows. Like, well, I need to let Rizy know I don't rock with him no more. And I want everybody to see how fake he is and stuff like that. Like, dude, I just don't rock. Dog, you ain't calling me. I just, you know, it is what it is, man. I don't rock with you like that. Like, it's just that simple. Um, but that's hilarious, Byron. Um, I don't know, man. That I see that. <laughs> why, why would the, like you said, if I gotta wait till December first, like December first, it must like takes off the force field. The it, it, it and it it takes off the blinders and people are able to see. You know what happens? Fakeness in others because they did that post last year on December first. Facebook reminds you. that you did that but you know oh yeah I forgot to delete Byron out of my life last year so um, after we go on on uh, New Year's Eve I'm gonna delete him from my friends list I don't know man oh man yeah y'all y'all took most of mine I think the only ones that I got left um, that leg up pose and like looking back or looking down Please stop See, that, ladies. I didn't want to name everything and sound like I was, but you know how I feel about the leg up pose. I'm like, you got on heels. Why are you tilting your foot up even more? Like, that's the point of the heel. The tilt. I, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So that one, um, you talked about toxic, but the phrases, woke and toxic. I'm tired of hearing about them. Everybody's not woke. Everybody's not toxic. Um. You know, it, you can have differences of opinions, 
with <laughs> without being this, uh, you know, extreme to it. So I'm just I'm just tired of hearing those phrases. Oh, but I stay woke so, though, Razzy. So so Razzy, you and I have disagreed several times on this podcast. You mean to tell me it's possible to disagree with someone? And that person not be toxic. So you're not toxic, Rosie? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not bringing you down, Byron, just because I disagree <laughs> with you. Right? You know. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, this place owes me nothing. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I had tried it in on your answer. But <laughs> black travel movement, because I know most of y'all are part of that. The administrator <laughs> made that post. He was like, listen, we leaving. This place owes me nothing in 2019. And uh, the Santorini, I probably said that wrong, but the flying dress that everybody yes. takes in Greece. <laughs> I'm glad he said it because I was like, yo, and I, this was no shade. I've never been to Greece, so I'm not shade. But I was like, is there anything else to do in Greece besides take that picture in the same spot? Like, man, I, the, I never the see thing, anything else posted. Yeah, the thing is, they go to Santorini, which is a small town. It's a great yeah. view or whatever. But you got to understand, there's Athens. There, there, there's like ancient ruins from the Roman Empire in Greece. Like, Greece has so much history. And, and it, the funny thing is, me and Jennifer, that's where we wanted to retire to, is Greece. And then come the Santorini thing and this big, huge movement and so now we're second guessing. Do we even want to do that or not? Only because of that. You don't want to be around no black folk. That's what it is. <laughs> no, nah, it'll be to die down by the time we retire. But oh, so so oh, the black people will be gone by the time you retire. That's what it is. <laughs> no, not them. The- I hope they come with me. I invited y'all. I want y'all to retire to Greece with me. But uh, I, I want the Mediterranean. I want that feel. But I don't want the the Caribbean, like the heat that comes with the Caribbean and Hawaii and stuff like that, you get a nice like moderate temperature. It's almost the same as like in Alabama. You get all four seasons there and, and everything but you're sitting on the Mediterranean on a, you know, a rocky cliff, being able to overlook it. I mean, it's just, I want that. And when I said about retirement being able to ride off in the sunset and be able to do that, that's what I want. I want to be able to just live that life and just chill out. But yeah, man, that that's one that this owes me nothing. We talked about the eyebrows. Uh, oh, and my final one is sharing news articles that you have not either not read or right. you haven't even looked at the date and they're like five years old. Like I'm tired of hearing about that um, that judge that got locked up for selling kids to the prison industrial complex. That happened in like 2012. Like stop <laughs> posting that. All right, we know we he did it. It's okay. So the little stuff like that. So that's that's my leave it in 2019, please list. <laughs> well of course listeners you know we're going to ask you guys about what we want you to leave or what you want to leave in 2019 I'm pretty sure the leg up and the eyebrows and stuff like that might not be on there but but that was only Byron and Rosie that said that I can't <laughs> laughing, ladies do what you want to do but leave it in 2019 just know we don't like it it ain't for us but I guess it's not for us that's the thing it's not for us it's for you because you like it you you think it makes you look good? Well, we we can't have an opinion on it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What else? 2019. What do we need to leave? Yeah, I don't get nothing out of me. I'm still laughing, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, anything the fe- anything the fellas need to leave behind? We 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 took jabs at the ladies. What what we need to leave behind, man? Ball heads and beards. Hey, no, that's, that's, 
<laughs> I mean, no, no. See, Byron, you were doing it before it became cool. Like, before Rick Ross and everybody. I mean, I'm talking about the new guys who just, like, started doing it because it's cool now. Like, look, if it, fits about, on, it don't fit everybody's face. What about our Facebook posts? I know a lot of fellas. part. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We only put lotion on the visible parts. <laughs> but, but if you I'm listen to that, 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 that ain't getting left in 2019. That's cool. It depends on how big of a hurry I'm in. It depends on how big of a hurry I'm in. I will say this, fellas. Take care of yourselves, man. Uh, I know, like, getting a pedicure and all that stuff, that used to seem real feminine to me maybe 10 years ago. But my job, I do a lot of standing. And I remember a brother told me, hey, man, you got to take care of your feet. And I got my first pedicure, and I, I haven't looked back since. Massages, all that good stuff. Take care of yourself. It's not just for women. Exfoliate, moisturize. These women want us to look good, too. We can't just expect them to look good and, and done up, and we ashy with the pop belly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we got to do our thing, too, man. Oh, so, fellas, since we're talking about that, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the fake beards the fake hair, all the stuff the guys are doing now. Yeah. So yeah. That, the, 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 lace, the lace front beards. Yeah, the lace front. <laughs> if you don't got it, you don't got it. Uh, the fake mohawks or whatever, the, the, the leave all that. I know it's hard to deal with. I lost my hair a long time ago, and I had to make peace with it. So that's why I'm bald. You just got to make peace with it, man. You don't need all this fake stuff. At the end of the day, do what makes you happy, but Buff don't approve. I don't approve. <laughs> so, I can't say oh. nothing about that because I'm still hanging on. Like, I got my receding hairline, but I, I haven't gone Let it go, Ryzen. Let, Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. If you cut it off before the end of the year, you can be, you can. Yeah, it's like New Year, new me. Oh, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to go, New Year, new me. <laughs> oh, and all the Facebook live posts. We don't need to see everything you do. <laughs> like everything you do, pumping gas. Okay. Every I've literally seen somebody pump gas doing exactly what Byron was saying with the radio blasting, stroking a weave, singing the lyrics <laughs> to whatever's going on. Uh, guys, stroking a weave. Oh, anyway. Oh, oh, the guys. I forgot. <laughs> oh, oh man. No. <laughs> but um, one thing I don't know who needs to hear this, but flashing your money. And your drugs on social media needs to stop today. Not even like in the new mm-hmm. year. Y'all need to stop that today. Stop doing that. That would law get enforcement, for some people right there. Law enforcement no. can and will use that against you in the court of law. Don't think that it's not admissible and don't think they can't find it. So please, please stop that. Yeah, I think that's that's it. 2019. Um, I'll this say is coming this, to a close. I'll say this, one last thing. And you don't have to leave it. I'm just letting y'all know. When you're at a live concert... And you're recording. Just enjoy the show. We we can't hear it like that. <laughs> Your phone is not recording it to where we can sit and enjoy it like you are. Just enjoy being there. You know, if you want to yeah. send like a 10 second clip, that's cool. But send like a whole entire performance song. Uh, I, I know. I know me personally. I'm not watching it. So. Well, I hate when people because I've had that and people are standing in front of me. And so I can't see the show. Because, <laughs> so I wish we were Facebook friends. So I can watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> so who is that? Some some artists now they're starting to lock people's phones up in their concerts, right? Most comedians like Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, but I don't think any 
like um, musical artists are doing it. Okay. Well, Lizzo says she's gonna do it if she does her, her naked show. So, <sighs> okay, let's Lizzo, let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I know you got to go anyway because you have a what a, a reservation at Eddie V's. Yeah, gonna finally cash in on that uh, gift card I shared on uh, our Facebook page. Man, I made a complaint on Facebook. And they had the manager contact me, so about to cut. He sent a two hundred dollar gift card for us to come back, so we're gonna cash that in today. I hate I told my wife about it uh, because not only am I gonna be able to use this just this one time, but I'm probably gonna wind up going in my own pocket and adding to the bill. When if it was You're just so me, in it. <laughs> if it was just me, I probably could have went two or three times. She's mad that I'm saying that, but you know, just putting that out there. I'll get in trouble for that. Well, uh, Razi, you got anything you want to leave him with? Yeah, just one thing. I want y'all to know, um, finally caught up on The Mandalorian. Um, it is awesome. I understand why everybody's talking so much about it. And Do not spoil no spoilers. it. Happens. Yeah, okay. no spoilers, but uh, it's good, man. It's a really good show. There, the It's a short season because the episode's only 30 minutes, and it's only eight episodes in the season, so you can actually binge it really quickly. So uh, take the time if you want to. Watch that. The Witcher is another one. It's hard to follow. So if you guys um, want to be able to look at each episode linearly, it doesn't work that way. Every episode is kind of a freestanding. It's based on the books, and the books were short stories. So every episode kind of happens on its own. It's just all in the shared world. So if you watch it like that, The Witcher makes a little bit more sense. But once you watch it like that, um, you, you'll see how good it is. So the witch is a really good one too. Uh, if you're looking for something to binge over the weekend or uh, through the week. One, one other thing I wanted to mention before we talk to you, Ferg, uh, I mentioned Sherman in my first answer. Just want to remind the listeners. He was on our show a few episodes ago. His books are out there now. So if you haven't already, Andre, Mia and Brandon, a LaFleur short story, all three are out now. They're free. Uh, I think Amazon is the only place you have to pay like 99 cent for it. But Kobo, is it Kobo or Kobo? One of them. Nook, uh, Apple Books, they're all available free. You know, just type in Andre LaFleur short story and it'll pull up. Great read. Most people are finishing the entire short story in like one sitting. So uh, when New Year's Eve coming up and all this downtime we have, go ahead and check them out. It's very well written, man. And they all connect to one another. So it's not a lot of writing out there like that right now. So check check them out. Yeah. And Byer just putting it out there because uh, Brandon is based loosely on him, very loosely uh, when you get into the book. But uh, so I mean, his, I'm, I'm, his I'm story is actually out there. Like, <laughs> well, well, Ferg's is coming, Jared, and I think Rosie is coming as well. But uh, I'm scared. To, I'm scared to read mine. Now yeah. your character, your character is very uh, it's it's, it's very interesting, man. You gangster, man. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm nervous, man. I might have some warrants after this. this come out. <laughs> but man, I don't have much, man. Once again, wrapping up the year, it's been a pleasure. A lot of good things have gone on, you know, from the birth of my son, my job taking off, my lamp lighters program taking off, and finishing with this podcast, man. This thing has been a blessing and I look forward to it every week. It's been not even just a podcast, the Facebook group interacting with people. You know, we have thousands of followers now and that's crazy. 
<laughs> you know, everybody's not looking at it, but people, you know, it's funny that you might not see somebody post for three months and then all of a sudden they'll come posting and have an opinion about something. So they're, they're looking and listening. So looking forward to 2020, big things coming up. Hopefully we just continue to get better and you continue to enjoy the show. As uh, my co-host said, we would really appreciate your feedback. So take time out of your day, either on our Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter, or just the easiest way is just to record a quick voicemail, put it on there. We will appreciate feedback, questions, just a shout out, whatever you want to say. And our goal is to put it on the show and interact with you guys as much as possible. You make this possible. We do it for you guys uh, as well as ourselves. So really appreciate it. This is uh, the last episode of 2019. Nothing's changing. We're going into 2020. So remember the six rules of podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Three Brothers No Sense. See you next year.